I got the episode number right. I'm going to get the person right. I'm going to do it correctly. You haven't started talking yet. How do you know you got it right? Yeah, you don't know. You might get it really wrong now. You're going to get all up in your head about it. No, you're going to get it wrong for sure. Again, I'm going to say two, you can overthink 286. It. Think of 286 Stop. while you're saying 285. Think of 286 and you're joined by Jason and John. Hello and welcome to Connected episode 285. It is made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Direct Mail, and Indeed. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Curley. I'm so proud of you. You did it. Thank you. Uh, we, well, this far. You got this far. And we're joined by Federico Vitici. Yeah, I'm locked inside. I'm, I'm at home. Have been at yep, home for a few quarantine uh, Well, actually, well, not you're self. not in self-quarantine, are you? You're in full-on, you're not allowed to leave your government house. Government-imposed. The government said so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really uh, self-imposed at that point, is it? Well, I was, I was bef- like, before the Italian government uh, told us that the entire country was, uh, was on lockdown, we were, my girlfriend and I were already trying to stay at home as much as possible, like as a precaution, but now it's official, so we have to. Uh, we can go out for like the uh, daily essentials, like if you need to go buy, buy groceries or if you need to go to work, which we don't because we work from home, or if you have an emergency. You can walk the dog outside, yep. but it's, you know, short walk and try to avoid people, basically, and everything else is pretty much forbidden mm. right now. So Are people... Like avoiding each other, like do people cross the street and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. That's good though. That's what you want, right? That's what you want. Uh, we were able to go to the grocery store yesterday, and obviously everybody was wearing face masks, which we tried to buy, but basically every pharmacy or online store is sold out at the moment. It doesn't help you, right? You know that, right? Like, well, that's that's the thinking. Is it? It's for people who are sick. It's not for people that are healthy. Sort of p- peer pressure so. situation, right? I would, in your, yeah, in your situation, I would try and buy one too, right? But like, I don't think it's worth panicking if you can't. But like, if everyone around you is wearing one, exactly, you would you would feel like you were the sick person if you... <laughs> exactly. So yesterday I went to the grocery store and everybody was wearing them, uh, both the staff and the, you know, the, the customers. And I was not because I, I don't have one. And I felt so out of place. It was like this eerie situation of mm. everybody wearing face masks, masks and I wasn't. And so I was like, nope, the next time I go, I got to make sure that I have one because I felt so out of place. Do you have anything place. at home that you could like fashion into one, you know? Like so, you could looks like you pretending. We thought of like using a scarf or something, uh, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, so yeah. In any case, we're at home and we're fine. Uh, we're just you know lots of time to clean the house and and reorganize my shortcuts or play video games, get some writing done. You know all the you know got plenty of time here. So I would like to at this point uh, make my official petition to Nintendo mm. to release the Animal Crossing early. Animal Crossing is due out on the 20th. They should release it now so we can all play it and then our quarantine is fine. Right. That's 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 just my official petition at this stage. I agree with that. Steven, what do you think of the Animal Crossing? I'm so pumped. Yeah. What are you going to do first in Animal Crossing? Well, I think it's probably going to be peaceful because you guys will be busy and I won't have any text messages to answer. So I'm going to enjoy some relaxing time no but like no when you when you get animal crossing yes because you know all about it what will be the first thing that you do in animal crossing um well honestly i'm probably just going to try to catch them all (laughs) 
<laughs> right, okay. Yeah. All, right. all the all the bugs because you can catch bugs like butterflies and and fish. Well, make sure you open a radar because that's how the only way you can report the bugs. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That is not even a dad joke anymore. That's just a sad nerd joke. It's a Steven joke. Stevensjokes.com. No, I'm not buying any more domains. .com. Federico, I think I told you this. My mom called me to check on you. So you have lots of people concerned. And we're glad that you're okay. And we hope that it turns around. I was telling my wife the other night that if it comes to that here where people have to stay at home, and like work from home, that's really no difference for me. Everyone I know will be like, mm-hmm. quote, working from home, and I'll just be out here making podcast, keeping the podcast empire running. It's a great time to have signed a lease <laughs> on a studio space. Oh, oh my. Just perfect time to have done that Just when everyone's <laughs> supposed to stay at home. So it's all going great so over here. <laughs> well, look, let's cheer everybody up and talk about the HomePod. <laughs> Oh, is that your definition of cheering everybody up? Okay. Pandemic or the HomePod? Like, the HomePod's not great, but it's better than a pandemic. Can we agree on that? Sure. Yes. I'll go with that. So we've been speaking about use of HomePod and Siri and voice assistants in multilingual homes. And we had this really interesting email from Eric who wrote in saying that they live in Belgium, where Dutch and French are both spoken, but they speak English at work, and they use English on... Eric uses English on all of their devices. And uh, I, I think he is confirming what we sort of thought, is that English, he says English series seems to be triggered by French easily, thinking that maybe you know, Siri in different languages is tuned for different things, and it doesn't tune out... Yeah you know, the English or the French phrase if it's set in another language. I think is what we were saying, but it's just interesting that it seems to be an issue other places as well. It's good to get more anecdotal evidence of this thing. But like, I think that is it, right? Like it is, while Siri is accidentally triggered a lot everywhere, it it may have been particularly worse for Federico because it couldn't understand, like it was getting triggered by words it wasn't trying yeah. to filter out i guess but also lots of listeners uh, wrote in they sent me messages and tweets um saying that um as i mentioned last week also they w- their siri was being accidentally triggered by a dog's name or a partner name at home so it you know the anecdotal evidence is sort of mounting up over here um, especially with dog names. So that's a really fascinating data point. Uh, it's really surprising to me that Apple got this wrong. Like, we live in a multilingual world, and I know that maybe, you know, maybe the vast majority of Americans don't speak multiple languages, uh, but in Europe, lots of people do. And I think that's... The argument that could be made was like, well, they didn't release it in Italy, but that's then also saying that there aren't people in America that speak Italian at home. Right. It's just... Right? It, it seems... I don't know, it, but it seems to be like that sort of like American bias that we've um, mentioned many times on the show before. Like, it's not like the rest of the world is like California where most people only speak English. Like, a lot of people speak multiple languages at home hmm. and maybe watch... T- I don't know, maybe watch TV shows in different languages that is not... English. So um, it's very surprising to me, honestly, the more uh, the more I, I get tweets from people and messages from people about this. Uh, I'm really surprised. Also, 
uh, it's the one week update uh, that Siri has been off on our HomePods. Oh yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> uh, so very famously, uh, Sylvia listened to the episode last week. She was very pleased. She mentioned finally a good episode. I think was her tweet. Come on, Sylvia, throw us a bone here. You know, there must have been at least one good no, one. No, she will not. She will not throw any bone. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. It's been a week and. We are very happy. No more accidental activations here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been using the HomePods as music speakers. It's fine. Uh, we haven't really noticed the absence of Siri. Uh, I've been using it on my phone, and it's okay. Uh, I do want to add before we move on that Eric is using the HomePod in Belgium, and it doesn't seem to be sold there. So it's an imported HomePod like yours is. And I want to hear from somebody who you know, maybe lives in a supported country. Maybe that's, I don't know. I feel like it's just that Siri's bad. It doesn't really matter if it's imported or not. But uh, if you have this issue, please let us know. Real quick, before we leave follow-up, I just want to point people to stevensmerch.com. Dot com. Dot com. It's uh, one week to go, and those t-shirts will be gone forever. Seven days left from this recording. So uh, if you're listening to the next episode, you've already missed the window. Also, you're in the future. So congratulations for making it another week. But uh, I'd love if people go check that out. All right, Mike, I had a very strange morning. I was, you know, living my life, mm. doing my things. And I get, suddenly I get a bunch of emails that someone in London is logging into a bunch of Relay FM Twitter accounts. What? I assume it was you and that we haven't been hacked. I just am now asking you about this. Uh, so who could I guess if we've been taken over, it's too late. Uh, what's going on, buddy? So I was woken up this morning with no alarm. My alarm didn't go off this morning. Because my iPhone was just stuck on the Apple logo screen. Oh, no. That was why that was just my phone this morning. Um, I, knew, I knew what to do then, right? You reset the phone. You do the button thing. The up, down, hold, right? Mm-hmm. I did that three times. Did not work. It would not come back to life. Like, I would even watch the phone, like, reboot. Like, it would have the Apple logo there for a while. And then it would redo it again, right? Like the screen would go black for a second. So it was like trying to bring itself back to life. Side note, it's crazy that Apple doesn't have the top Google search result for resetting iPhones. Is it iMore? It's everyone else except them, right? Like depending on the words that you use, sometimes they're like at the bottom of the first page. So that just seems wild to me that they haven't worked that out somehow. But So time for recovery mode was my morning. Oh, no. uh, so I plugged my iPhone into my Mac. Uh, iTunes got first got stuck downloading an iOS update. It said zero seconds remaining for a while, so then I didn't have to quit iTunes. As soon as I quit iTunes, the update that iTunes needed to do then completed, um, which was weird, uh, although it jumped to two minutes before completing and then downloaded. Uh, I plugged it in and it said, like, try and do an update. I tried to do the update and I was just given the fun error of your iPhone cannot be updated. You must restore to factory settings. So I did the restore back to the Apple logo, waited for 20 minutes. Nothing happened. My Mac wasn't doing anything. (laughs) Nothing was happening. So I restored again. Uh, Then uh, I'd never heard of activation lock before, but that's a clever feature where if you have activation lock on, then uh, somebody else can't just set up your iPhone, it needs your iCloud information. So that's cool, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I did two two uh, re- restores, then the phone came to life. I didn't have another iPhone through the quick setup feature because the iPhone was my iPhone. So 
I use my iPad. You know, you do the quick, like when you use the camera and it has that little Apple Watch like orb thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did that. It was funny because it then turned assistive touch on on my iPhone because I have it on on my iPad. I got the option to do an iCloud restore. Um, so I did that, but I still had to set everything up, right? So Apple Pay, Face ID, all that stuff. And then iCloud restore began and it's been restoring all day. Um, and I hate it because you're not prepared for this, right? Like just I've, an iCloud restore in your life is frustrating when it's not new phone time because you're not ready for it. So like I have apps that have lost their data. I have apps that need that had downloaded stuff that needs to be re-downloaded. Everything's getting messed up. I have to log back into everything, back into one password, back into all my email accounts, back into my calendar. Like I have to log back into everything. And what I hate most about all this kind of stuff is that you don't realize what's gone wrong on your phone until you encounter it when you're trying to use it. Um, and I hate the stuff like, why does why does Apple Music not just re-download my music? Why do I have to manually re-download music again? Yeah. Anyway, I hate it. I'm now having to reset preferences for apps because now apps are doing things I don't want them to do. Right. And I have no idea why this happened because I don't have... Uh, I do manual updates. Like, I don't know why this happened. Mm. So that was my morning. My phone blew up. And you don't know why. That's the worst part. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I absolutely no idea. The only thing that I knew was going on was that my Apple Watch was scheduled for an update. But that shouldn't basically, I know everybody loves this, brick my phone. The thing is, like, I know this isn't like the world's biggest problem or whatever, but... If I had, if like, if I was catching a flight today, mm-hmm. right? Like, I just wouldn't have woke up. What you need is a little baby face mask for your phone to stop the bugs, stop the viruses. Yeah, you're probably right. But anyway, I don't really have anything to say other than one, I hated that this happened, and two, I really wished iCloud Restore was better. Yeah, that that's really upsetting because now, like, part of you is never going to trust that phone again. No, I mean, and it, well, like at the moment, I don't trust it because, like, I know stuff's not signed in properly, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what data that I need to have access to well, will I not have access to because I wasn't thinking about it? You know. Well, even beyond that, like, is it going to randomly do this again? Like, exactly. Like, so now the next time I need to, de- like, I've like, oh, you must be up at this time, or something terrible's going to happen. Like, I'm going to have this in the back of my head now. Yeah, so I'm so excited about. All my banking apps, I had to sign back into all of those, which is like the worst thing in the world, right? Like re-signing back into banking apps. It's terrible because <sighs> they ask you for like a pin code and all that sort of like, yeah, that. Which are usually generated by your previous device. Well, but I don't have one. It's this one. It's been a, it was a fun and unexpected morning for me. That is terrible, is my conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have nothing to say on it except I just hated it and I just had to share it somewhere, so I told mm-hmm. you. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. We have a lot to get into this week. The rumor wars are heating up, but we're going to take a break and talk about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content may be or how effective your marketing is, people are going to bounce if your website is loading too slowly. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues are affecting your visitors' experiences, so you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they use. 
So you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your site so you can make informed optimizations and deliver great performance to those who matter most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built to scale, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. That's pingdom.com slash RelayFM. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of the show and RelayFM. Right, so like we said, it is... Rumor war, nine to five Mac and Mac rumors have people in the field battling it out. They've got MacBooks. They're they're blogging. They're hitting each other with iPads. It's very messy. Mm-hmm. It, it seems that there is some, uh, at least one early version of iOS fourteen floating around. Somehow obtained an, uh, a bill from December. There's a lot of this stuff. Uh, we can't possibly cover all of it today in depth. We're going to talk about kind of what's been going on the last couple of days, and there's some other topics that we're going to get to more in coming episodes. I think we all have a lot mm-hmm. to say, for instance, about cursor support on iPadOS. We will get to that, just not today. We're going to kind of deal with what's the newest stuff as we're recording this on March 11th. Yeah, because there's probably still, may potentially still more to come, right? I think first off, let's talk about iMessage. Okay. So this is a super interesting one. This one came from Mac Rumors. Um, effectively, it seems like, again, we will just take it presumed that all of this stuff is coming to iOS 14, so we don't have to put like presupposing on every single thing, right? It's like maybe if such and such, I, don't, I just yeah, just assume we are aware that it might not ship mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. the time being. We will assume that all of this is going to be uh, in iOS 14. So uh, it looks like Apple is trying to turn iMessage groups into a much more useful tool, which is great. And this is all stuff that I have wanted uh, for iMessage groups. So app mentions and group threads which would be great. So I could be like at Federico and he would get a notification, which would mean that they may be beefing up the way that notifications or do not disturb works for group threads and iMessage because then it might be more Slack-like in that you could say, you know, only alert me to this thread if my name is mentioned, Mm. which would be great. I would love that. Uh, While you're at it, Apple, give me a way to change the way that I'm alerted for when people use tap back stuff. Don't need push notifications for every thumb up on a message. Don't need them. (laughs) Don't need that. It's not necessary. But so anyway, uh, the ability to retract messages with UI showing that a message has been retracted. This is very interesting. Not sure why particularly they would add this but it's a guess it's a cool feature to have um typing indicators inside of group threads i would like this a lot so you get this at the moment right where you get like the bouncing three dots of doom mm-hmm. right when you're waiting for a message to come in oh it's the worst one then they go away oh it's yeah. like oh no they're rethinking it <laughs> this is a big thing for the kids Stephen. then they you know this is like a big oh i thing. know i hang out with youth oh do mm-hmm. you? Uh, I see them and, sometimes. Okay, that's good. Uh, so this would be, I guess, you know, like maybe Steven's icon will pop up and there would be a typing indicator next to it. Maybe they will have a many people, are t- several people are typing, which is one of my favorite Slack things, by the way. Several people are typing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a very good, it's very good. Uh, I think that's the name of their company blog yes, as well. It is. Also very clever. Yeah. And then uh, this is a re- weird one. Enhancements to the slash me command. Stephen, as the resident old man, could you explain what that is to, to the youth listening? 
Yes. So if you did, if you're in messages on the Mac and you type forward slash me with no space and then type creates notifications for Mike, then it goes in the thread as, you know, Stephen Hackett creates notifications for Mike. You, you just did. You just did that. I did. And it, it shows up in our group thread with Federico and John. And it's not like I sent the message. It's kind of in line with the time. Mm-hmm. It's a holdover, and I want to talk about this in a second, from the iChat days, Mm -hmm. but it never made it to the iOS versions of messages. So you can do this on the Mac, but you can't send them from iOS. So I think that's that's kind of it from the report, but this is all stuff that I would I think all of us would love to see. Making group uh-huh. threads more uh powerful and useful would be great. I would greatly yeah. love that because I have a couple of uh threads that I use every single day and they can get a bit messy. Yeah, I mean these features are like the absolute basics to make sure that iMessage can live on the same like on the same playing field as uh, you know WhatsApp or Telegram or Messenger. All these features are like the very basics for any group modern group conversation. And the fact that iMessage like it got apps and stickers and a bunch of enhancements like the new search. For example, in iMessage, that lets you find like all images and links and documents. That's amazing, and I use it like very frequently. But in terms of like the actual transcript, like the actual conversation and controls around messages, it leaves a lot to be desired still. Especially when you compare, like, I'm on a bunch of WhatsApp groups, and the kinds of controls that you get, like uh, the ability to delete messages and to have a, a thing that says this message was deleted, like. Those are like the the very basics and like notification settings, mute settings. It needs to be, it needs to offer more because competing apps are doing more. People are flocking to those messaging apps. And I don't think it's something that Apple wants. I think Apple, especially because iMessage is so popular with the kids, I think they need to make sure that those you know, those kids and, and eventually when they grow up, they keep using iMessage because it's more secure, because it Apple has control and all, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially in a world where there may be uh, new options for new default apps. Right. Mm-hmm. It might be that Apple might feel like, and I hope they would, that they have to actually compete more, that they don't just get to be the messaging app because they are the built-in messaging app, that if people could then choose, say, WhatsApp to be their default messaging app or whatever, that they might have to do a little bit more, you know, to to actually beef up the application. That's a very good point. Yes, absolutely. Like, I expect to see that kind of thing. Like, maybe not so much in Messenger, but in a lot of other apps over time, I expect to see that Apple will do more feature parity than they've done before because they want people to continue using their applications but there will be less of a um less of a like a requirement to do so like people won't won't have to anymore mm-hmm. and i think that will make a change looking at you mail team <laughs> i mean mail is the actual real poster child for this mm-hmm. right it's like people like mail because of it's built into the system it runs well it looks nice and stuff but it is incredibly underpowered compared to other types of mail applications and whether you're an email purist like casey Liss or not it's still something that people want to see some more of these features coming in i did want to talk about messages roots just for a second because even now before they add anything else to it there are a bunch of features of iMessage that aren't on the mac that are just on ios and ipad os you know mostly it's silly stuff like the effects and that sort of thing but it really points out like 
messages on the Mac is like living inside the dead skin of iChat, right? Like it just, it moved in and kicked AIM out and now it's reanimated it. It's a very upsetting metaphor. That is quite the image, Stephen. Kept going with that one. I mean, you know, but you know what you said about like, uh, it doesn't, like messages on the Mac not as much as messages on iOS. It goes both ways though, because messages on the Mac you can use with other chat clients, right? So, I mean, it's not a great Wait, feature, but it's, you can you can sign into like aim and stuff right on messages no that's all gone that's all been gone for a long time well not not on my version of mac os well aim itself is gone so you're not signing into anything well you know what i'm saying i google talk or whatever yeah that's gone now too on oh, okay yeah mike you gotta update of... your mac man it's <laughs> i don't wanna <laughs> well especially still running snow leopard over there leave me alone and it's it just, it's time. I mean, messages is so important to Apple. Like one thing we haven't really touched on, but it is related to the default apps thing is iMessage is a huge reason for iPhone lock-in, right? If a lot of people stay on the iPhone because of iMessage. This is why I think they're never going to bring it to Android. It would only make sense to extend that to the Mac. But so far, messages, this is like, like I said, it's like some sort of zombie inside of iChat controlling its arms with strings. And it would make sense to me if they're going to bring new features to do it all at once. And maybe that means that Mac, the Mac app goes catalyst. And so it really is the same application. Now that would be a bummer in some ways because the Mac app does do some things like that nice multi-window support. You can address it with Apple script. It has some cool stuff that maybe we wouldn't get with catalyst. But I think if they're going to make a big features move with messages, I really hope that we see it across all their platforms and not just the iPhone and iPad. They would be creating more work for themselves if they didn't. You know, like it just feels like at a certain point it's easier for all of these applications to come together because you they're just do doubling up the work, surely. You know, we haven't seen Apple they've launched some Catalyst apps, but they haven't replaced any apps with Catalyst. I mean, you could kind of argue that podcast is like because it's Catalyst and that was a section of iTunes, but music and TV are based on the old iTunes thing. So they haven't really replaced a system app with a Catalyst version. And I would argue that messages would probably be a pretty good first candidate if all this other work is going on. Uh, pencil kit rumors. So there's a pencil kit is the software underlying the Apple pencil on the iPad. Uh, there is oh, it was underlining. Sure. It's good. It's like a, oh. oh, yeah, no, I didn't mean that. But that's funny. Uh, <laughs> new feature. Is it? Well, a new feature that allows for OCR recognition of handwritten text in text fields. So, in theory, uh, you will. Be, this also came from Apple, uh, from Mac Rumors, that you would be able to uh, use an Apple Pencil and just r draw something out, and then the system will convert it into text, which you could then send to somebody. Um, it seems like this could be available anywhere that you can use uh, text input, but that there would also be functionality inside of Pencil Kit for third-party developers to integrate into the app somehow. That part is a little unclear for me. Like, if you can do it anywhere there's text, why does there also need to be a third-party tool? But maybe that would be for other uses of it, you know? I, I, I don't know, but that, that you'd be able to turn uh, handwriting into text more easily, which would be lovely. That's just like a, a really interesting feature to add now, um, but it's something that I have have wanted in the past so i think that would be that would be really great i mean so right now developers can use the pencil kit api to like if they want to offer like a drawing screen and they can just uh, basically use the same 
annotation UI that you see in Apple Notes or in Markup, for example, with the standard uh, like blank page and the palette of uh, palette of tools and colors at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if it becomes like a new like different pencil kit API where a text field can either be typed into with the keyboard or the software keyboard, or if you have a pencil, it automatically does its own OCR thing. Um, right now, there is pencil OCR support in Notes, but in the sense that when you handwrite in Apple Notes, that handwritten text becomes searchable after a few seconds. With mm. yeah, results can be questionable. Uh, I think yeah, searchable OCR and and taking your handwriting and turning it into text are two very different problems, right? There are two very different problems. They, there there's some shared tech. Of course, under the hood, like sure. you still gotta recognize the, the whatever the user just um, wrote with the pencil. But in one case, you gotta make it searchable. In the other, you gotta actually uh, insert it as text into a field. I mean, like the, your error rate is different there, right? Like you can you can be way less accurate if people are searching text because you've mm-hmm. only gotta right. you know match X percentage of words for somebody to be able to get what they're looking for. But if you are saying that you're gonna take handwriting and turn it yeah. into text, your error rate has to be way uh-huh. different. Like way but less. Steven um, right and, and that's a big big thing. Let me too. ask you Steven, wasn't this a feature of the Newton Yep. Before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the idea of the Newton. It would you would use handwriting for input and it would turn your handwriting into text. So it would do all of this stuff. To uh to mixed results, I would point people to my podcast flashback, episode one, where we talked about the Newton. Stevens March dot com but also flashback episode one. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Listen to it while wearing your new shirt. Yeah. And and it's not just the Newton, like Windows pin-based PC stuff has been around forever. Again, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but this is a thing that's been in the world. Apple's not inventing this, right. but boy, it would be cool to be able to use your Apple Pencil anywhere there's text and it convert it for you. It's not necessarily for me. I find typing much faster than writing, but I know a lot of people... I think would like to use this or just to make things like note taking more useful down the road. We're like, yeah, I hand wrote this, but now I actually need text out of it to email it to somebody. Like all of that stuff just unlocks when you have a tool like this. And if Apple does it in pencil kit, third party developers can put it in their own app. So you could see a world where you can use this in good notes or PDF pen or a bunch of those other types of apps, not just Apple Notes, which I think would be really key for this unlocking sort of a new experience for a lot of people. And now every every iPad supports the Pencil, right? Even the Mini? Is that right? Yes, they all do, yeah. They all do the, the latest ones. And most of them support the Apple Pencil 1, of course. The Apple Pencil 2 right. is still mm-hmm. iPad Pro only, but still um, right. basically the same stuff, yeah. I want to get a new iPad Mini with flat sides that works with the Apple Pencil too. That's what I want because that just seems like a fun product. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just, I mean, I think it would be cool. Wait, lo- only last week we were talking about a new iPad Mini with Mini LED. Yeah, we were. I know. I think it would be cool, but it's like the Mini is like the, because it's it's cheap and at the bottom of the list, I just don't see it getting that anytime super soon. Maybe in a couple of years. I will, I, I want to see it. It doesn't mean I need to see it this year. You know? It'd be like a super sweet like um, reading device. Like 
I would totally get mm-hmm. one with the flat sides because, like, I thought about getting an iPad Mini when they were refreshed last year, and then I realized no, it's got. And I think we actually mentioned this on the show. Like, I said no, it's got the old design. I don't want to get an iPad Mini. I want to get. I'm gonna use the 11 inch iPad Pro, like the basic one, uh, like basic storage, no cellular as my reading device because, like, it's got the modern look, and I don't want to use an, an iPad Mini that already looks old, even if I like. I buy a new iPad mini and it looks already old to me. Like that feels like a waste of money. I don't know. Um, so I mm. absolutely agree with Mike. I want to see an iPad mini with the, the, the flat sides and the, and the pencil support. Like that would be sweet. Because I will assume that naturally all of the iPads will get flattened sides to work with the Apple Pencil 2. I guess eventually. As yeah. the Pro gets an Apple Pencil 3, whatever that would end up being. Yeah. But, you know, the Apple Pencil 2 is so much of a better product than the Apple Pencil 1. I can't imagine Apple going any other direction with it into the future. Like we might be a couple of years away from that being in the rest of the line, but history has shown that Apple will move the iPad Pro features down mm-hmm. because it, you know, we're, it's it's just on a, a bit of a delay, like a couple of year delay. But every iPad except the Mini now works of not only the Apple Pencil but also a smart keyboard. Yeah, like it's the thing that they will do. But it just takes its time, and which is exactly the same as it's been on laptops and desktops, right? Like you establish a feature, and the feature becomes normal. They come up with new features, so they move the pro features down the line, right? It's just it's how you advance the technology, right? So I expect mm-hmm. it will happen um, within the next couple of years. But I would be really surprised if the iPad Mini still looks as it looks right now if they put that mini LED screen into it. I would I would just be very surprised about that. But we have we have other rumors later on which could uh which could suggest that Apple won't mind keeping some technology around for a while. Anything else on Pencil Kit? Uh, it's do uh, there's another thing that it's doing where it will do automatic filling of shapes. So you could draw a circle and it would automatically fill the circle with a color. Oh that'd be cool. All right, uh, let's take our second break. How does that sound? Sounds great. Mm -hmm. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Direct Mail. If you have a business, you're probably always looking for new ways to build your customer base or build a following. And a super cost-effective way to do that is email. For over 15 years, Direct Mail for Mac has been the go-to email marketing app for businesses, nonprofits, and schools, and other organizations who want to expand their reach and connect with customers. It's designed just for the Mac, so you can get your work done in half the time using all the Mac technologies you've grown to love, drag and drop, keyboard shortcuts, integration with other apps, and more. Direct Mail has eye-catching templates that are infinitely customizable and look great on all devices. They also have helpful customer service staffed by real human beings. There's no chatbots or AI here, just friendly people ready to help at no extra charge. Send your first campaign today with a free download of Direct Mail. Listeners of the show will save 10% off all of the full feature pricing plans over at Direct Mail. Head to directmailmac.com connected to experience the top rated email marketing app for the Mac and see how they can help your business grow. That's directmailmac.com slash connected. Our thanks to Direct Mail for their support of the show and Relay FM. We have some 9 to 5 Mac rumors. Well, we've we've spoken about, I think, everything we've got from Mac rumors that we're going to talk about today. The rest are from 9 to 5 Mac who've been publishing more this week. They, they kicked it all off. Uh, one of them is some changes to the iOS 14 home screen. 
believe it or not, that is a thing that seems like it could actually be happening. Hmm. Uh, with the biggest change being a different way to see your apps with a possibility for listing your applications in maybe alphabetical order. There'll be some sorting options. But this is much more akin to the way that the Android um, mm-hmm. app picker works or maybe your Apple Watch or something like that. I've got the watch in that in that list view. It's it's fantastic. Oh yeah, you use it with the list view? Oh yeah, I, I hate the honeycomb deal. Me too. Huh? Interesting. I still use the honeycomb uh, because I don't really like um, I don't really like looking at a list of of apps. I prefer looking at the icons myself. But I think the the idea of a home screen on iOS and and the iPad potentially is interesting for a bunch of reasons. The first one. Um, 9to5Mac mentions that you will be able to have like multiple sorting options and maybe even series suggestions. So the combination of, for example, let me see the apps that I use the most or maybe the apps that are frequently used and put them at the top of the list. And everything or else. new, or newly new, installed. Newly installed. Like you would be able to like get different visualiz- visualizations of your of your apps. And like if, for somebody, if you're somebody with a lot of apps installed, like maybe John Voorhees comes to mind, he's got like 600 apps on his phone, um, you will be able maybe to manage those apps more quickly. Like imagine if you can use like list view and display them by frequently used and then scroll to the bottom, have a select button, select, 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 and then delete a bunch of apps all at the same time. Like, that would be amazing. Um, But also, I was thinking about the iPad and how maybe a list option could be a potential solution for iPad multitasking, like as, a, as an application picker for... Because, you know, we've been talking about uh, the complexities of the current drag-and-drop system for using split view and slide over on the iPad. Maybe a list that shows you apps in a more compact view with different sorting criteria, that could be maybe a potential solution. Is it that... What we basically had, though, in the early days? Like, how would this be different? mm, Not quite, because in the early days of iOS 9, it wasn't really a list. It was like a column of, like, these cards, like these tiles. Three at a time, right? Yeah, it was in an order that no human being could get their head around. (laughs) It it was in a a weird order of, of icons. And it wasn't really compact, because you could only see three at a time. And it wasn't searchable either. Whereas here, we're talking about an actual list. So, like, the information density will go way up. And with multiple sorting options. And I am guessing search, like, in, in the mix as well. So... That would make it like a you know fairly basic deal. It's not it's nothing revolutionary. It's a list, but maybe that's what it needs to be. Like a, it's a basic list of your apps, and you can sort them however you want, and you can find them quickly. Maybe that's what it needs to be. I mean, I've always used Android phones, but I'm using a little bit more recently. Mm. I like that I don't have to organize every single application. Right. I have the apps that I want on like my first screen and then everything else is just in an alphabetical list in the drawer, right? Because like, I'm kind of fed up at this point of having to find a place for every application, mm. you know? Like I just want them to be some like away somewhere, right? Because it's like, and I have to try and break it my out of my brain because I search for every app anyway. So why do they need to have places? Because it's kind of like, well... They're allowed to have places, so why shouldn't they have a place? And it's just like, I can't. I just don't want to do it anymore. So being able to just have one screen and then everything else just in like a drawer 
which is the, the way that the system will do it. That's what I want. Mm. Like, I know I could put everything else in just one big folder, but I don't, I just don't like that. Like, I would prefer there to be like just this list of everything and I open up from the list. Like, that, I think that that would be really, really good and I would be very happy with that, especially if it did do stuff like, hey, what about this one that you just installed or what about this stuff thing that you use all the time? Like, at the top, I, w- I, I think that would be really great. I hope for this. Uh, another report is of this is very interesting the ability for applications to be able to change your wallpaper so there'd be in a kind of a new extension type of like wallpapers that you could uh, download from the app store you, you see these applications a lot and they're actually typically scam apps or they're <laughs> yes, like hey they check are. out this wallpaper pack and like but you you still have to just it's just a bunch of images mm-hmm. that you save and then you choose the one that you want but in theory this would uh enable somebody to be able to create an application that would have a pack that you would be able to um would able to like i don't know have cycle through or choose the one that you want and it automatically be assigned but what i was thinking which i would like is you know to be able to say maybe download an app or have a system feature where i point it at an album and it cycles through them. Like I would like my home screen to stay static, but my lock screen to maybe cycle through images that I enjoy, mm-hmm. you know? So like every time I pick up my phone, is a different image. I think that'd be kind of cute. Um, and I think I would like that. So we'll see. I mean, what do you guys think about this? So if I had to guess, I would say that Apple wants the wallpaper section of settings to become a place that can be extended via third-party apps. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised to see like a new category of, of extensions that can be wallpaper extensions. And so you download apps from the App Store as before. They contain an extension. That extension shows up in settings wallpaper. And there you will be able to browse wallpaper by app. So you will have the default Apple stuff, which according to 9to5Mac will be organized uh, with new categories like uh, flowers and nature, like that kind of stuff. And you will also get third-party apps. So I can imagine like two things come to mind. Uh, one, I can imagine that the shortcuts action that we saw last year, uh, the set wallpaper action, this is how it will come back. It was removed during the iOS 13 beta cycle. Um, there's a quite fun backstory there that we'll, maybe we'll be able to share someday, but not today. Uh, so it disappeared. Maybe this is how it comes back as, as an actual system feature of iOS 14 that ties into, like, um, which wallpaper do you want to set? Like, do, you can choose a folder, you can choose a category, and I can imagine, like, that action coming back thanks to this new feature. Second, and I guess... You guys will will laugh at me for mentioning this, but I think this is what, if this is true, right? And if developers can provide their own wallpaper packs for uh, for iOS 14 and they actually show up at a system level, this has the potential to do what iMessage <laughs> stickers and like didn't do, like the I agree. the <laughs> idea, like uh, because you know the, the deep and open iMessage framework and all that kind of stuff. Oh my god! But the, but the idea was that with deep sti- and open wallpaper framework with the <laughs> with the stickers. So the stickers were initially like advertised as like an opportunity for artists and creatives to be able to share something that people could use every day in, a, in iMessage conversations. And to an extent, that was true. But, yeah. you know, the whole system was kind of clunky and it was never updated and managing sticker packs and iMessage apps was terrible. So it didn't really catch on. 
And really, it's just like Bitmoji and nothing else, I think, for most people. But I think for wallpapers, which is something that people obviously care a lot about, uh, that is something so personal, like it changes the whole look of your device and your home screen, your lock screen. I think this has the potential to do even more than iMessage mm-hmm. stickers. So I can imagine like if you're an artist and if you make, I don't know, 3D wallpapers or 2D wallpapers, or if you're a photographer, you should be able in theory to make a wallpaper utility, make it available on the App Store and and get paid for it. Right, so I think they feels sh- like the perfect subscription app. Yes, yes. Too. Like I was thinking about this. Like imagine, like you subscribe like one dollar a month, and you get a new wallpaper pack each month. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. And so I think they should do this. They should absolutely do this. They should let creators monetize this, this, all this stuff. Like let me pay for good quality original and properly attributed wallpapers. Um, mm-hmm. And they also should restore the shortcuts integration that was awesome last year and then it disappeared nobody knows why i know that a bunch of people um they still have their shortcuts with the set wallpaper action from last year's beta and now of course the action um in in ios 13.4 says and in 13.3 for that matter it says uh, action not available and people whenever a new beta comes out they open that shortcut and they check (laughs) if the action is being restored (laughs) i know that people on reddit do this it's sort of become like a meme every time there's a new beta people are like yeah no set wallpaper action yet um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they should do this. They should do this. They should make it come back and have it be integrated with this uh, system stuff. I think that this is one of those features that really on the face of it seems you know, relatively simple, but I think is something that a lot of users would want. Like it feels like a thing that people will get and they'll be like, oh yeah, this is great. Like I, I want this. And I think one of the reasons it maybe makes a little bit more sense than uh, sticker packs is... Everybody needs a wallpaper. Like, you have to have one. You know? So, like, there is an inbuilt desire for people to be like, I don't know what I what I want. Or, like, I want this picture of my family or whatever. But wouldn't it be even nicer if you could have multiple pictures of your family that scrolled through? Like, that's that's kind of what I want, right? So, like, I want my lock screen to be like a bunch of pictures of family stuff or memories, right? And they just scroll through. So I have to just choose one. I can have a bunch. And like, I I talk about this a lot. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's a feature I've come to really love about my Echo Show that I can just have those photos cycling through all the Mm -hmm. time. And it's nice whenever I'm in the kitchen and I see it. Like, and me and Adina were talking about this today because I told her about this feature. And she was just like, oh... I feel like when I was younger and I'd hear about digital photo frames, I thought it was stupid, and I also did. Uh, but she says, oh, but I suppose I suppose it's now because I've taken way more pictures that I would like this kind of feature. But as I said to her, which is what I think it is for both of us, we're getting older and we're getting more nostalgic for things that we love in our lives or nice experiences, so we enjoy looking at photos more. I think it's more that than, like, the, the technology's gotten better because I, th- I think that's what it is about myself where, like... I now look back at moments in my life and look at them more fondly because I think that's just something that happens to you as you get older. But I think it'd be a great feature. I know that probably some people will not like this, but I'm going to say if they are doing this and they are opening up the App Store to wallpaper utilities, if they want to combat the potential you know, piracy aspect, 
they should make these wallpapers a custom format that is not like a JPEG that you can extract and share with people. Mm. And if they're the custom format, not only for that, but in a way that allows wallpapers to support both light mode and dark mode. Mm -hmm. Because right now, the default Apple wallpapers, they support that. I believe that's possible. Interesting. Thanks to the um, Heath um, file format. That's how they do it on the Mac too. The default like wallpaper on Catalina is actually like six or seven images that it moves through throughout the day. Right. And they should do the same. They should do the same on, on iOS. And on iOS, of course, you wouldn't be able to get to those uh, files anyway because of sandboxing. Um, right. So they should do that and allow like super easy in Xcode. Like if you, even if you're not a developer, just with sticker packs before, right? You could you could use JPEGs or PNGs or animated PNGs, and in this case, if you go with the with with that approach, you could say this wallpaper it switches automatically between light mode and dark mode. So that would be nice. I do wonder what else they could do with this. I think the light and dark mode thing is a super smart idea, and I think being able to rotate through a, a gallery is a super smart idea. Again, mm-hmm. things you can do on the Mac, things you can do on other platforms. But I would like to see them explore more with live photos. I mean, so you can set live photos as a wallpaper now. I don't know. I I don't, I haven't done it, but you can do it and you can set your own. But I think it would be cool if that format could also be smarter. You know, for a long time, they've had the wallpaper that has like the the circles and they kind of move around. And I don't think that responds to like the accelerometer or anything in the phone. Maybe it does a little bit, but... Like, what if live photos or something else like that could make these more, like, interactive or lively yeah. in a way? Just, like, subtle animations that looped. Or, I mean, something just to bring it to life a little bit more. I think it could be a fun way for creators to explore and create new things. And while we're on it, uh, I mean, if these are built into applications, could things that I do in my life or with my phone change the wallpaper? Ooh. Like, if I leave my house, could I have a different wallpaper? That right. kind of stuff. Or it starts like red, and then as you get more tasks done, it slowly turns green. That'd be fun. I would genuinely like something like that, <laughs> right? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that kind of stuff could be could be a lot of fun. Uh, like maybe you could have a wallpaper that has a little colored ring around the edge and that changes throughout the day or something. Like if, if it was tied to applications and applications could change the wallpaper based on different parameters which yeah. doesn't seem outside of possibility like that could be that could be kind of nice or they could even tie it into the memories thing right so like we all get those notifications of hey you know you went to this party two years ago here are a bunch of pictures uh, make those a wallpaper where if, if my anniversary every time i pick my phone up i want a different picture of my spouse you know like there's so much they could do to make this more interesting and more personalized uh, i'm excited about the possibilities who'd have thought you're in the 14th version of it you got to do something and this seems like a fun way to extend yep. what you're doing elsewhere yeah man sticker packs that that could have been a thing i mean i use sticker packs every single day but i just use one of them. the same one. right <laughs> the yeah. same one that i didn't pay for like steven with the skeleton one <laughs> yeah i mean we all yeah I mean, they, they come out every now and then but it, it just wasn't the artistic magic bullet that people were hoping for remember or remember when we used to have in our newsletter the sticker pack section yeah oh what the the john Voorhees <laughs> series of sadness that it became and john was increasingly losing his mind covering those. it was good to watch his mental state deteriorate through the sticker packs that he was picking 
<laughs> this sticker pack is called Desperation. <laughs> yeah. No, toward the toward the end of the section, he would say something like, "I'm not sure why I'm picking this sticker pack, but here we are." <laughs> <laughs> I'm being I'm being forced against my will to look at sticker packs. <laughs> yeah, that section is no more. Maybe he'll become the wallpaper expert. Maybe we should do the wallpaper corner of the news. Sorry, John. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when we were talking, I thought if it's easy to do, I, I would put one out of all my like Apple hardware photos that I've taken over the years. Oh my God. Yes. Like all the iMac. You could just yeah. do an iMac pack. Yeah. That's a great idea. Maybe we should do what the what all the developers are doing these days, launching a Kickstarter for Steven to make an app mm. that's only a wallpaper app. And you're going to ask people for money to do Is so. that a thing people are doing now? Well, some developers are. Um, some. I'm going to need 80 grand. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. That was unexpected. Yeah, I mean, you need emotional support through all this, right? I got to buy uh, a more powerful Mac Pro for development. And a, and a new right. camera. <laughs> and a new camera to take the pictures. Yep. And all new iMacs. Oh. And a developer license, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's so, up. WWDC ticket. Right, any day, any day now, right? Yep. And there's the the pain and suffering of using Xcode. That's worth something. Uh-huh. That's up. That's what I'm saying. All right. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Indeed. When you start the hiring process, you have a lot of questions. Where are you going to get good applicants to choose from? How can you narrow down applicants by education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. There are millions of great candidates that use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. If you're hiring, you can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help you quickly create a short list of applicants. Plus, you can add a skills test to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skill tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and the confidence that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com connected and get a free sponsored job upgrade with your first posting at indeed.com connected. Term and conditions and exclusions apply. This offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. Our thanks to Indeed for the support of this show and Relay FM. So any version of iOS will naturally have in it references to the hardware that it's going to be running on, right? So if you're imagining a version of iOS 14, it's going to have references to hardware that will be out by the time that iOS 14 is out, in theory, uh, which is why we have a bunch of little details about hardware that we're expecting um, that came out as part of this selection of leaks and stories. so I guess we should start with the iPad Pro. So it includes what we think, the wide-angle, like a, a new camera unit, which includes a wide-angle lens, an ultra-wide lens, and a telephoto, so just like the uh, current iPhone Pro, um, but also the time-of-flight sensor, which we've been hearing about for a while, which we know by now will be useful for AR app mm. stuff. And there was another leak which referenced a new uh, AR project in the works from Apple. Uh, It is an application that you will use to help you get information about things that are out in the world. So apparently they're testing this out in uh, Apple stores and Starbucks right now. So inside of a store, you would open the app on your phone, hold it up to products, and you'd be able to get info about these products. This would work via 
maybe QR codes, Bluetooth, um, and what is that? What is that technology that they made? Uh, iBeacons? Oh, can you help me? iBeacons. iBeacons, yeah. So it could be a combination of all of this stuff. It's in testing right now, in these, and there's been in development in these two uh, locations, right? So Apple stores and Starbucks. But there will be a third-party uh, SDK, so other companies would be able to use it. This is the dream, right, of being able to hold up your phone to stuff, and it could point things to you, show you where they are. Um, clearly clearly all of this is in preparation for ar glasses but apple is approaching that product in i think the right way so if you're good is to try and whenever they do launch this product already have an ecosystem underpinning it right we've been talking about this for a while but this is definitely one of these things right not just mapping the world but mapping the things inside of buildings that's what's going to be really useful if we are in this ar glasses future so this iPad Pro references the time of flight sensor, which would be important for the development of stuff like this. Obviously, that app will run on all iOS devices when you would assume that a time of flight sensor will be in the next round of iPhones. We can come back to all these things if you guys have stuff to say, but I'll just run through the other two products that are uh, mentioned. iPhone 9. So this is the iPhone SE 2, uh, effectively, which was probably going to be replacing the iPhone 8 in size. So <laughs> to make this more confusing, the iPhone 6 design language uh, will feature t- <laughs> Never <dies. laughs> Touch ID with Express Transit support. So Express Transit support is that thing where you can just hold your Apple Pay device up to say the london underground and you don't have to do any authentication when you're boarding the trains it just it just accepts it very fast i think this works in the new york subway i think it's in uh japanese metro as well um i think it started in japan uh, i believe was the first place that it was used but i absolutely this is like a long-term follow-up i absolutely love this feature it's so fantastic it's so fast you don't have to wait you just hold it up and it just immediately authenticates it's it's taken away my biggest frustration with face id which was that it took too long to authenticate uh in these purchases like you know um, apple pay but really the only problem for me was trying to get through barriers at train stations and i don't need to use face id anymore so that's great so they're adding this support into the iphone 9 with touch id um but they're not really doing much more to the design of the phone uh it's going to be the phone for people that don't want to let go of touch id Side note, I bet lots of people in the world are getting frustrated with their iPhones when they're wearing face masks. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Right? What a terrible time for face authentication. And then uh, the other thing is an Apple TV, new hardware of some description with references to a new remote of some kind. Don't get too excited. <laughs> this might not be much more than some small changes. Uh, I saw Benjamin Mayo... Um, reference on Twitter that this has happened before, but if you remember, they just put a white ring around <laughs> one of oh. the buttons. Oh, yeah. So, like, a <laughs> new remote doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the remote of your dreams. It might just mean a change of some kind to the Apple TV remote hardware that we're used to. Insert, insert, the, <laughs> insert the Michael Scott no gif here. Oh, God! No, God, please, no! 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 What if the one thing they change in the Siri remote is the whole remote? Think about that. That's Galaxy Brain level stuff. <laughs> they only change one thing, but it's everything. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, but... That does sound like an Apple tagline. The one thing we changed in the new iPhone is everything. My biggest problem with the uh, Apple TV remote is its inconsistency. It's not the, the functions, it's the inconsistency. Like, we're watching, we're rewatching Patriot, 
on Amazon Prime, which is a fantastic television show if you've never seen it. Like, so good. Very good. And, you know, like, something happens and I want to go back and I click the side of the remote and just nothing happens. Like, it just brings up the little scrubber, but it won't go back 10 seconds. It's like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I'm giving you what you want. That's my biggest frustration with the Apple TV remote is the, what I find, like, Hmm. inconsistency so often with trying to get it to do the functions that it's supposed to do. But yeah, so that's that's some hardware referenced in iOS 14. Okay. That 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 all sounds I think basically in line with what we've heard elsewhere, mm-hmm. except maybe the fully fixed, completely new Apple TV Brand remote. Brand new, full of hardware buttons mm-hmm. remote that you want. Yeah, just buttons everywhere. Just cons just like it's just all buttons. Are you getting it yet? <laughs> It's all buttons. It's all buttons. It's not one remote. It's four remotes, one button each. And we just tape them together. (laughs) One just has the menu button. If you lose that, you Mm -hmm. can't go back. Too bad. I I am increasingly interested about this iPhone 9. I'm sticking that by that as the name, which uh, we talked about a long time ago. There are so many people out there with an iPhone 6, 6S, or 7 that Apple wants to move forward. And those people don't want a phone that's bigger. They don't want Face ID. They don't want to learn something new. And an iPhone 9, you know, the iPhone 8 body with the 11 guts, I think would meet their needs really well. I've got one of these people in my marriage who's using an (laughs) iPhone 8 and wants a better camera but doesn't want Face ID. I won't say who. (laughs) One of these people in my marriage. That's yeah. That's an interesting. It's not me. It's not you. It's who one. knows who it could be? I think this will do well, just like the SE did well. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, people liked the size and and it brought forward what was good, but partnered it with good, you know, modern tech. So, I think the nine could do really well, especially if it comes in at four hundred bucks or something. You know, it comes in cheaper because they're using that old design. They don't have the most expensive parts in it. I think that it could be a, a good deal for those people. Like there are a lot of iPhone 6s and 7s running around still. Like they're just yep. everywhere. And I think Apple wants to get those people. Real time follow up from Zach in the chat room. Real time follow up. The tagline for the iPhone 6s was the only thing that's changed is everything. Oh, that's where oh, I saw it yes. before. <laughs> oh, boy. I wanted to say something about AR. Uh oh. Not necessarily about the iPad Pro because I mean, sure, give me a, give me a new iPad Pro. But you mentioned like we could uh, follow up on that stuff. I am increasingly skeptical of these potential use cases for augmented reality. I believe that for certain scenarios like um, following directions, so like um, um, I'm in a new city and I need to understand where to go, like having the maps overlay on top of the camera, that would be super amazing. I believe Google Maps is already doing this on certain phones. So that's incredible. Uh, following directions indoors, like also that would be cool, like in airports or like if you're looking for a specific store or if you're a supermarket, uh, the supermarket, you're looking for a specific shelf. Like, yes, I believe that's the way that it should go. Like all these other things, like, like in this example, I'm at the Apple store and I'm at the table with the iPads and I need to like get my phone and point at the iPad to understand what I'm looking at, why not just touch it or ask somebody for additional information? So, like, it just feels like if you're there and if the iPad is in front of you, why should you grab your phone and point the camera at it? You're looking at it already. And it's very likely that there's, like, an info pamphlet next to it or, like, an employee. Just ask the person, like, hey, uh, 
how much RAM is in. They're not going to tell you, but at least you can ask a question. Like, Wait, does that come up a lot in the supermarket? How much RAM is in these potatoes? <laughs> no, and exactly. I was going to mention the supermarket. Like... Yeah, like, and I see this like these concepts, right, all the time, or like these fake AR uh, apps. It's like, oh, imagine this: you're at the supermarket, and you finally found the shelf that contains all the cereal options. Okay, fine, that's cool. And then you grab the box and you point your phone at it, at it, and you get all these overlays telling you the nutritional data for the cereal. I mean, dude, you're holding the cereal box. There is literally a nutritional label on the cereal box. Look at it with your eyes. Why do you have to use your phone and AR to understand how much protein you got in your in your cereal? Like, oh man, you, like all these additional like. I get it. It's fancy, right? It's incredible. It makes for a good demo. It makes for a good portfolio type of video. But like in real life, do you really want to depend on AR to replace your eyes when you got your eyes already and you can just look at things in real life and you don't, there's no latency, right? Your eyes, your physical eyes have no latency. You're looking at a box. The box has the info that you need. And sure, maybe the AR utility can make a bunch of additional collect connections for you because it's connected to the internet so like you can know that that specific cereal comes from brazil and brazil is well known for the carnival okay sure you got all that information from wikipedia but i'm also buying a cereal box you see federico i think the thing is you clearly don't mind talking to people no it's not that because of the cereal example um um I'm just holding a box mm. and I'm looking at it. I think that there are, but like, yes. Do we really want technologies to technology to to help us be more isolated and not talk to people? Is that really the goal? Right. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like it depends on where you're coming from. This because okay, so like, let's imagine one use case for this is like now you're in a store, you can be like, "Where's the bread?" Right, and it can take you to the bread. And it's like okay, and that's the, fine. Like, here's the thing: that's useful, but it does also stop you from saying, "Hey, shop assistant, where's the bread?" And depending on your outlook in life, you either see that as good, basically, you see that as utopian or dystopian. Like that's your outlook in life. I agree with you that like all of these things are inherently designed in a way that would isolate us from other people. But I think it mm -hmm. is. It is everybody's own decision on whether they want that. I I can't tell you what the right thing to do is. Like I can't. I I don't know what the what the right option is. But it does come back to this this, this conversation we have had with an increasing frequency and will continue to have as to whether AR is good or bad. Like AR glasses are good or bad because there are, I think, very legitimate arguments on both sides, arguments that we did not consider with smartphones, right? Like we just mm -hmm. let that happen and it's been good, but it's also been really bad in certain ways, right? right. It's like right. smartphones, best thing to happen in technology. Also one of the worst things to happen in social interactions right and the way that information mm -hmm. is spread like things that we could mm -hmm. not have imagined when smartphones became popular i hope that there is a little bit more thought around ar in our faces and how that could impact society before we all just adopt it because i don't think we had that caution with smartphones yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and and I'm afraid that as soon as we're gonna see like all the you know the bells and whistles and like the fancy stuff, oh, this is incredible. We're just gonna go for it because it's new, you know. Because it's so here's the thing. I think that we will be excited about it, like we are all technology. But we are having. I mean, we speak for the three of us at least. We are having this conversation now, right? These conversations, which is more has a little bit more trepidation to it. I know I didn't feel this way before the iPhone. Like when the iPhone was rumored, it was like, come on, come on, come on, gimme, gimme, gimme. It wasn't like, so what good. is this going to do for the fate of humankind? Right? <laughs> We're not having those conversations. But we maybe are a, a little bit more about AR. Oh, I have some real-time follow-up. Okay. Apple has closed all retail stores in Italy. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. All of them. Used to be three of mm. them. Now it's all of them. So, but WWDC is still happening. Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> how is it possible that there's still no no announcement? They're just not ready. Like everything's taken care of, right? Like they there are good social reasons to explain it. Santa Clara County has made it illegal if they even wanted to do it. <laughs> exactly. Everything is is lining up the way that it needs to. They just haven't yet. They they just haven't yet announced what they're going to do like there is literally zero doubt in my mind about what's happening with wwc uh-huh. it is not happening uh, yeah it is not a case not now happening. of if they're going to cancel it it's just when and how they're going to cancel the mm-hmm. in-person event um but they just apple just haven't done it yet right because it is a difficult thing and they may be awaiting until like they have a bit of space because everyone knew E3 was going to get cancelled. It got cancelled today. Um, so I guess it's kind of just a case of like giving them the space that they want and about when they do it. Do they do it at the end of the week because they consider it bad news? Or do they do it in the middle of a week or at the start of a week because they want to dress it up as good news? Like it's, it's a big marketing thing for them and how they're going to handle this. But we'll see. But there is no question, right? Like if you out there, listener... Is still wondering if WWDC is going to happen. Mike Hurley is telling you right now it won't. Right? Like, it's I will put happy. money on this. They are not doing it. They're not doing it. No, they're not doing it. No, they, they cannot do it anymore. Like, everything else is canceled. They can't do it. It's irresponsible to do it. You can't at this point when today the World Health Organization has classified coronavirus as a pandemic. You can't be like, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> ignore that yeah let's just gather like five thousand people and talk but about like the, the government that they are the government of their county <laughs> has said it is illegal so like they can't do it they're not allowed anymore but yeah they just haven't announced it so like like it's not even their choice anymore like they they, they just mm-hmm. have to cancel it i think that had a date range on it but yeah, but that date range will keep getting pushed, though, right? Like, it will keep being, like, nudged along Probably. until this virus is under control, but, which it is not right now. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about HomeKit. Let's, let's cheer people up with HomeKit. Also, in a 9to5Max reporting, talking about some new features coming in HomeKit with iOS 14, one feature being night shift for lights. So you could... HomeKit could automatically adjust the light color temperature in a room throughout the day. So the hue light bulbs I have on the lamps on my desk, you know, I can set the color temperature. I have them set to daylight most of the time. But I could, with iOS 14, I guess, tell it, hey, warm those lights up as the, you know, I edit and logic into the evenings, which is a thing that I do sometimes. 
also in this report. Real-time follow-up. NAB just got cancelled. Okay. That's another one. Just wanted to, It's not important, but I just wanted to throw it out there. It's all getting cancelled. Like two days ago, they were like, come on down to NAB. We were talking about iMessage. Like, what are you doing? I got an email about it today. So, right? That like podcast movement is doing an NAB thing. And they emailed me today to try and get me to go. Like, no. You know where I'm definitely yeah. not going to go right now? Las Vegas. Right? Like, of all the places. You could get a pandemic in Las Vegas any, <laughs> any time. day of the week. <laughs> Anyways, HomeKit Secure Video is supposed to get people or like facial recognition. So it could send notifications if a stranger comes to your door, but when your kid comes home, not send you a notification or vice versa or whatever. I would say that HomeKit Secure Video should work in the first place before they start adding features, but that's just me. And lastly, uh, HomePod... And Apple TV, a lot of people use HomePods for the audio output for their Apple TVs, including you, Mike, right? Every single day. And every single day. Every single day. It drives me absolutely mad that I have to toggle the sentence. So it seems like they could uh, maybe fix that in iOS 14, that a user could permanently select HomePod stereo pairs as the default audio output. I will just say, I genuinely think this is the very best use of a HomePod pair, is to use some of Apple TV speakers. They are very good TV speakers, hmm. like really good. There's no latency problems because it buffers the content for a few seconds before it begins. So you just press play just a couple of seconds and it starts. And, you know, it can get out of sync. And that's when, because yes, when you have to do the switching around or whatever, and that's really frustrating. But like a little improvement here or there to this function would be great for me because this is how mm-hmm. this is our major use of home pods at home, more than music, because we watch TV content every day. We don't listen to music at home every day. Um and I, I genuinely really love it because it gives you a, a sense of multi you know, like not like surround sound, but more than just stereo, right? Because there is like placement it feels really good sometimes, right? Sometimes it feels like things are not just to the left, but to the left and behind, you know? Because um, it's doing whatever it's doing to try and do that f- full room sound stuff. So, yeah, really, like, it's a very good feature. And I would, I'm happy to see that they're going to put some additional work into this. And Zach points out in his article that he thinks this would be a good opportunity for smaller, less expensive home pods. So you don't have a $600 speaker set hooked up to your TV should be cool. So, uh, you know, I think all this makes sense. I, I, again, just like HomeKit Secure Video, I want to use it. It's not good enough, not anywhere near enough. So hopefully there's more to this than just adding additional features on. Um, But HomeKit's one of those things, too, that, I mean, it's one thing I understand that we're going to get messages upgrades with iOS 14. But it feels like HomeKit is big enough where they could roll these updates out separate from a big iOS version. And maybe they need it for the marketing reasons, but like, why can't we just do this in 13.4? Like HomeKit should be getting better all the time, not just once a year. Uh, 9to5Mac Today reported the inclusion of a new international Apple watch face that sets sets your flag, country's flag as the background of your watch. That's cool if you're super into your country. You can do that. But you could just, if you were that into your country that you wanted this as a watch face, you could just set it as a photo watch face. Look, Casey's going to run the beta just for this. So to get the USA flag, let him have his moment. Okay. I mean, there's still a whole other conversation to be had that, like, 
all watch faces to be more flexible and more customizable. I assume this one will follow like a lot of the image based ones where maybe you get one or two complications. I, I still do wish for a better, more flexible watch face system or heaven forbid, third party watch faces. But I don't think that's happening this year. Maybe one day. Yeah, I, it's not going to happen because that's definitely something we would have heard about, right? Like there are going to yeah. be other oh, watch yeah. faces. Like apparently there's like an Infograph Pro watch face coming, right? Um, and some stuff about like sharing watch faces and all that kind of stuff. I don't really get the country flag one personally. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, friend of the show, Kyle's the Grey, was talking about like the Olympics, but this would already have, like the Olympics would have in- well okay <laughs> if the Olympics are going to happen at the time are there going to be the Olympics <laughs> I mean that's an interesting one isn't it because like the Olympics are supposed to happen beginning in July so who knows right like it might be okay then probably won't be uh but they'll move it I don't know what they're gonna do but in theory this would make sense for the Olympics iOS 14 would be too late for the Olympics but maybe this would ship before or maybe it's got nothing to do with the Olympics at all well, if you want to find links to the stories we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 285. While you're there, you can email us with feedback or follow-up, or you can become a member to support the show directly. You can also find us all on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM, including his newest show, The Test Drivers, with Austin Evans, which you should go check out. Thank you. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, home of the best iOS sticker pack coverage on the web. Maybe years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me online as ISMH and my writing at 512pixels.net. I thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom, Direct Mail, and Indeed. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.